are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the book of Ezra. And for those of you that are visiting you, Wednesday night sort of like a class. And um, I don't mind it if you want to jot some notes down. In fact, I kind of like it when you do that. Uh, Ezra in the Old Testament. Let me just tell you what we're doing. It's page 529 in my Bible. Follows all the double books. First and second, Samuel. First and second, Kings. First and second, Chronicles. And then Ezra. It's a little book, 10 chapters. Ezra covers about 80 years. And uh, there are a couple different kings that are risen up in this time. We'll look at those tonight and what's happening with Ezra. I, I, uh, in my other Bible, I've started using this Bible this year. Uh, this Bible I put at the head of every book, uh, a letter R. And I have a word that says, okay, this book deals with this subject. My other Bible, I... I didn't do it that way, but I'm trying to have enough R's. I have enough R's, and I have enough for the 66 books of the Bible. But every week, we're giving you just a, a synopsis, a brief thought about what, the, what is this book about, so that when we get in that Bible reading schedule, we'll have a little bit more awareness. And uh, this is a very obvious book, because in, uh, we won't go with the same word next week, with this letter R, but we could because Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther all go together. There's some fellows that are prophesying to these people at the same time, Malachi and Zechariah, excuse me, Haggai and Zechariah uh, to mention too. So they're, they're writing back to these people at that time. It's the same era. But these three books go together as a unit. But we call this one tonight the letter R, you got it? Okay. Genesis was ruin, R-U-I-N, and Exodus to, to remove, and Leviticus was righteousness, and uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, numbers, ah, uh, numbers. What would numbers? Roll book. At, it's, it's just the roll of all the names. Deuteronomy, that word Deuteronomy means the word, so we said remarks. Uh, Deuteronomy, what's the next book? Joshua. Uh, that's a region. They were capturing all these, uh, these cities, that region. Judges was rulers. We know that. All those judges that ruled over Jerusalem. Joshua, Judges, uh, Ruth. That's a hard one for an R. Ruth is Ruth. You got it? Uh, that could have been a good one for redemption, but I'm saving redemption. Uh, what's after Ruth? Ruth, Ruth. First, second Samuel. I know it is, because first thing you know, we talked about these three. Let me take a little look and see. Yeah, rain, 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 rain. And first and second Kings was royalty. And first and second Chronicles was a review. Uh, and, and Brother Bertram helped us so much on that one. Just it's first and second Chronicles, just reviewing all that took place in those other four books. And then uh, last week in that review, we noticed that that there were 19 kings of Israel all did wrong. 
and there are 19 kings of Judah. And some of them did right. We looked at those kings last week. Well, tonight, Ezra, it is a post-exile book. It's after the exile. They had, they had been moved into exile. They're all those years. Look what the Bible says in chapter 1, verse 1. I'll give you the R in a minute. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, Brother Jay Jose, where are you at tonight? Brother Jay's back there, and I said, he and his wife were walking up, and I said, you know what it is? Well, I can't remember your maiden name. And that's, I just read it right there, Persia. And uh, it's, it's this land of Persia. The word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. We have no indication that Cyrus was a, uh, what we'd call a modern, uh, a New Testament word, Christian, but um, he was not a righteous man of God. But God stirred up this king, this president, to help the people of God. God did it. Uh, God used a donkey in the Old Testament. And God used a child God used an illegitimate son to be a great king, a, 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 a great judge. God can do anything he wants to do. And God chose to use Cyrus, and Cyrus chose to obey God. And the Bible says, thus saith, verse 2, the king Cyrus of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth and hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah. And it said, who is there among you all his people? His God be with them. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of this, that place, his place help him with silver, with gold, and with goods, and beasts, and besides free will offering. And now God is going to take these people that have been in exile. Nehemiah did not leave immediately. We'll find next week he left because God raised him up for a project. He was a cupbearer for the king, and he stayed in that position. And he was employed by the king. He had to get permission to leave. But, but here, there's a man by the name of Ezra, and Ezra was in captivity, and he is going to lead in this book 50,000 Jews back to Jerusalem. So it's very obvious the R would be returned. You know, the Bible says in the last days, they're going to come from everywhere to Jerusalem again. And do you know that? Israel is exploding over the last 30 years. And people are coming from all over the world back because that's where God says that he'll want his people in the last moments. And here we have Ezra tonight, this post-captivity book, and he's going to lead the people back. Chapters 1 through 6 is the return under Zerubbabel. We won't go there tonight, but as you get in that text, you'll see that he was leading uh, the children of back into Israel. I do want you to see, however, chapter 2, verse 1. Now, these are the children of the province that went up out of captivity 
of those which had been carried away whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away into Babylon. And they came again to Jerusalem. That's about a, I was reading an author and he said, it's about a 7,000 mile trip. I said, that can't be true. I know my geography in that region. And so I looked it up and I even asked Sister Siri. Now she gave me how the crow flies, but it's about 7,000 miles away. And those Jews, 50,000, had to make their way back to Jerusalem under Zerubbabel. And in chapters one through six, you'll see that. But then you'll see in chapter number seven, and that's where I'd like you to pick it up with me tonight. And you know, as you stop by on verse chapter four, you'll see that the adversaries, they hindered the people they were working. They were gonna build this tabernacle, this temple again. Isn't it amazing? They said in verse two, these that were gonna, verse one calls them adversaries. They heard they were gonna build the temple. And they said, let us, let, verse two, let us build with you. We seek your God. Verse three, ye have nothing to do with us. And, and so they tried to, verse four, weaken the hands of God's people. And number five, they hired counselors to frustrate the purposes. And they got the authorities uh, uh, under Artaxerxes to write letters and to, in verse 23, suspend the work. In verse 24 of chapter four, the, 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 then cease the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Then we have chapter five, and I mentioned earlier Haggai and Zechariah, how they were prophesying, and God raised up these men to encourage the people of God. You know, I want some of you to understand, and you'll, you'll hear a little bit about this on Sunday night when I preach on Sunday night, the subject, but do you know that, that it only takes sometimes just a little encouragement to build confidence in a person. And you know, sometimes for a man or a woman, it just takes a little thing to destroy confidence. I just, I just, I believe God's able. I just believe God can do anything. But just recently, and this week, and I wasn't discouraged, I wasn't depressed, and I, it's just the opposite, I'm encouraged. But somebody said something to me. It was brief, it was small, it wasn't big, it wasn't massive. Uh, they gave me no money, they gave me no card, no nothing, they just, they just talked to me. So the money did not fire me up and, and uh, a card didn't fire me up and a, nothing of that nature. But this person just said it maybe had been two sentences. And it wasn't, oh, pastor, you're so great, I, I didn't need that. Uh, just something they said. And I said, Lord, thank you so much. I, I guess that was six days ago. I'm thinking back on it now. And you know, I've been living off of what that comment that man said to me. And God used him, wasn't discouraged, wasn't defeated, wasn't oh me. But God used that man to say something to me that inspired my soul. And it stayed with me these last six days. You know, just a, a word, parent, could be so important. 
God says that we are to, uh, to encourage our children, exhort our children, encourage our children, and provoke not your children to wrath. Mothers and dads, I, I'm not for, I had to take psychology and, and, class, and college and all those subjects, logic and psychology and this and that. And I took psychology and I had to read a book and I read a book and a man said this, he's been long dead, but he said, children need to grow up in an environment where by the time they leave your home at 18, they have heard tens of thousands of words of encouragement. It cannot, and I'm not just talking about, oh, you're the best, oh, you're the prettiest, oh, you're this, oh, you're this. That stuff will ruin a kid. You don't have to always be telling them how pretty they are and how talented they are, how great they are, and there's no one like them. That stuff doesn't help a kid. But we can compliment character. I noticed you shared with your sister, son, as you're putting them to bed and having prayer. I observed, that was, that was incredible. That was just wonderful. And by the way, you could also say this with that. Mother, if you're saying to your son, that was incredible, you could say, you reminded me a lot like your dad. My mother said that one time. One time I remember, she may have said it more, but I did something, can't I remember what I, and she, she was complimenting. She said, son, you reminded me like your dad. People need encouragement. God raises up Haggai, verse 1, chapter 5, and Zechariah, and they, and, and they ask the question, verse 3, who hath commanded you to build this wall, this house, to make up this wall? And, and they saw all the adversaries, but they kept saying, as you read those two books, you'll see, it's so amazing. They're encouraging, let's get this done. Let's stay in this thing. You know, this church right here, the bus ministry has never been easy. And now they passed this law. We have out there all these new buses. And we have all these routes. And God's people raised that nearly million dollars. And, and that trip across country and people watching on video every day, it's inspired 266 more bus routes in America. So the state of California, uh, they, exempt, they exempt the public school buses, but they did not exempt our buses. And we have to 2010 to get, uh, 20, uh, 2020 to get it all Complete it. God's people, we got, we got these beautiful 15 buses. And then just last week, another 15 came in. Uh, tomorrow would be a, uh, uh, excuse me, another three came in. Uh, uh, tomorrow would be one week ago, 18. And about three more, and then we'll be able to run 42 routes the way we do it, if, if that's what we want to do. And we'll get those maybe before the end of the year. But, but God's people up there say, oh, it can't be done. Do you remember the two years we met over there at Clyde Avenue without one parking stall, not one, what, not one place to park a car? And we grew both years. And we told the members, you not only cannot park on the parking lot that we don't have, you can't not, cannot park in the neighborhood. You have to park at schools, you have to park at uh, these different companies, and we'll bring the shuttles and pick you up. And, and God's people did it. It's an amazing thing to me. Now we get these, uh, we'll go over to chapter 7, and I'm getting, I'm, I've got my eye on that clock. I can't see it, but i got my eye on it. We have the return in chapters 1 through 6 under Zerubbabel. Now chapter 7, we have the return under, under Ezra. 
I want you to see this great leader tonight. Just, just what a great, great leader. Now, chapter 7, verse 1. After these things in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra. So God raises up Ezra. And look at Ezra. First of all, verse 6. Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses. Oh, scribes, they would, they would write the law. And as they would write that, they would wash themselves. They would write the name G-O-D, God, and write G and wash themselves. And the next word, uh, letter, and wash themselves. And, and the, the next letter, and a new quill. So reverent toward a scribe that would transfer to the people. He was a scribe. He had a love for the word of God, the law. Notice what it says in verse 10. And Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and do it. And to teach Israel the statutes and the judgment. He had a, an awe for the word of God. One of the reasons why this year I'm trying to take these books, and there's 52 Wednesday nights in a year. I won't get through all 66 this year. Uh, and, and we'll have guest speakers and pastors conference and missions conference and youth conference. So you, you'll know I won't get them all in this year, but we can get them done next year, Lord willing. And my goal is to have you and me as well so understand this book or the books we're reading that next time we come through said, oh yeah, this is the one of three books where they're returning. They're, they're, they're coming back, 50,000, and they're coming back to, to, to Jerusalem. They were discouraged on the way, but God sent them Ezra. Ezra loved the Bible. I'm using a New Testament word. They loved the law. I love the old Bible, the precious old Bible. The light on my pathway to God, it keeps me so happy, always so happy. In this day in which we live, if you find encouragement in the news, you'll be discouraged. It's discouraging. But there's power in this book. God can do so much. He can convict us with this book. He can, he can comfort us with this book. You've heard me say it so many times because when I, my father-in-law, the pastor so long, 57 years at the same church, and what a Bible scholar. And I said early in my ministry, I, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, because I want to stay all these years, my whole entire life in the same church. I'm wondering, does, does it ever get, not boring, but where you can't get anything out of the Word of God? I mean, can you imagine taking a science book and preaching it from it, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and doing that for 44 years. You try to get something out of a science book for 44 years. And then bring somebody else in for a revival and say, here's your science book, preach from the science book. And then you have a missions conference, here's your text, we want you to use the science book. Those books, though they're valuable, they're dead. But this is alive. And I'm so thankful for the Word of God. And it's an amazing thing, an amazing thing. As we look at the Word of God, I could get 10 preachers up here and assign them all the same text, and not one of them would preach, preach the same message. I recall that first Sunday here, February of 1976, 
we had just a handful, 20-some people there, and it was raining that morning. And I, I stood up and preached that morning. I, I thought I'd preach something I really knew, had to be familiar, and I preached John 3.16. And God gave us five adults to get saved that day. It was a wonderful day. It's just an amazing thing. But you know, I later found out I really didn't know much about John 3.16. And then I preached a series on John 3.16, every two words, for God so loved the world he gave his son, begotten son, that whosoever believeth him in him should not perish. And a whole series every Sunday, I'll never forget. And, and that came, and you know, after that series, if I brought Brother Martinez up, said, hey, preach John 3.16 without knowing what I preached, he'd have an entire different look on the verse. One interpretation, many applications. The Word of God, it's quick, it's, it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than two edges. He loved the law. Notice what else. And I want you to see in verse 6, he, he, oh, 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 oh. he experienced the hand of God on his life. You talk about a great man. Look what it says in verse number 6. And Ezra went up from Babylon. He was already scribing the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And, and the king granted him all his requests according, read this with me, please, at the word according, chapter 7, verse 6, the bottom of page, verse number 6. Begin with the word according. Ready? Here we go. According to the hand of the Lord God. How about verse number 9? Can we start that word according again? At the bottom of verse number nine. Are you ready? Ready, begin. According to the good hand. I wonder if you could go with me uh, to verse number 28. Verse 28. He has extended mercy unto me. Oh, thank God for the mercy. And before the king and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes, and I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God. Upon me. You know, I, I don't have time to turn you there. I'm over here and I can hear it singing. I can hear you singing. We've recorded this song. There is an unseen hand to me that leads in ways I cannot see while going through this world of woe. This hand still leads. Where'er I go, verse 2, his hand has led me through shadows drear. While it leads, I have no fear. I know it will lead me to that home where sin nor sorrow e'er can come. I long to see my Savior's face and sing the story saved by grace. And there upon that golden strand, watch it now, I'll praise him for his guiding hand. I'm holding to the unseen hand that guides me through this weary land. And some sweet day I'll reach that strand, still holding to the unseen hand. I've never seen the hand of God, 
but I felt his hand guiding me. Oh, not even physically, but that unseen hand. Jack, let's go this way. Come, come right here. Let me lead you by my hand to some scripture you need today, son. God could do that. I was studying the other day, and I was just early in the morning just studying, and I, I can't even remember the text right now. But for some reason, I flipped over, and I had some thought in my mind, and God put exactly what I was thinking about on the page before me. You know what that is? The unseen hand. You boys have moved up here. You're the high school seniors starting tomorrow. Finally, we're going to have some good Christian boys in our senior class. We got rid of those old fellows, those riffraff, and uh, I'm surprised they're even going to graduate Friday. And we're going to miss that senior class. But like every year, we have a good one coming right behind them. Last year's class, a year ago, I thought, my goodness, this was the ultimate. And then this one came in. It's the ultimate again. And the next one, it always is that way. But you boys that are all down here and you young people that are here tonight and elderly as well, you're going to have to let that hand move you. Don't, don't do anything if the hand of God is not moving you. I believe so much what I preach Sunday night. I really believe it. Wait. Isaiah 30, verse 18, God waited. And then he told us, he says, if you'll wait, I will bless you. Do not move on anything in life unless you know God wants you to do it. His hand will lead you. I want to be so led by the Spirit of God that I know it's God. I want you to see this fellow, Ezra, in this book. He, he's a scribe of the law of God. He loved the law of God. And, and then secondly, he, 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 he said, God's hands, on, God's hands on my life. I know it. And I see in verses 11 through 26, we won't go through it, but he respected authority. He respected authority. I wish you just can read that yourself. In verse 28, he respected the chief leaders of the, the people of Israel. In, in, it's your work. Respect, respect, the, respect your boss. Respect your manager. Don't fight him. Don't, don't fight her. Don't, don't yell. Don't, don't debate. Don't be a poor attitude. Don't, don't create the insurrection. In, in, say, well, they're not doing it right. I have no idea. You're not the boss because they didn't ask you, and there's a reason why they did not ask you. And if you are so capable, you'll rise to the top and then you can be the one that makes the decision. He respected authority. He respected the chief men, he says. He respected chapter 8, verses 15 through 20, the people of God. Don't ever anybody try to criticize the people of God to me. Well, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, really? And I feel like saying, I'm looking at you. You're about the only hypocrite I see around here right now. Don't, don't be so hard on God's people. Well, oh, they're all a bunch of phonies and cover-up. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some, but, well, I don't, I don't see that. I see a lot of weak Christians. We've all been weak. 
I see a lot of us that have made decisions that weren't the right decisions. And that's so very frustrating as a pastor when I'm thinking, I, I think I'm, I believe I'm being led of God and only realize I, I don't, I think I missed it. It's very disillusioning. When I make a wrong decision, Fred, come on. Be, be careful with but being a know-it-all. You're the perfect one. All these other Christians. You know how you, you know how teenagers are nowadays. Don't get me started there. You ask these, I can hardly contain myself when I get around the teenagers in school. I hear those kids singing four-part harmony. And, and I sing one song and prayer and let's do this little Bible thing. No, no, they love to sing. And don't tell me how bad, yeah, you know, teenagers, oh, the ones that like hard preaching, the, the ones that are trying to go soul winning, trying to learn how to do that, that know about soul winning more than I, at their age than I ever know, knew after graduating from a Bible college. Is that the ones you're talking about? The ones that have learned to save money, the ones that have learned to love people, work on bus routes, uh, the ones that work around here, those teenagers, the one that has a CD out with the choir that the teen choir made, I played on the radio station the other day. I, that's the crowd. You, yeah, you know how these teen, Christian teenagers, you know how these little kids are. They're all, these little elementary kids, they're all a bunch of, ah, and you, yeah, yeah, come with me to elementary chapel and hear them sing. Early in the morning, little children pray. And again at noontime, and the close of day. Uh, look what I, I asked. I preached on prayer and a prayer journal to these little kids. Little kids. And I encouraged them. And all the elementary teachers had them make prayer journals for the summer. A couple of your kids showed me theirs. Very sacred. I have a prayer journal I'd never show anybody. And I saw... The things that those kids, yeah, yeah, you know what? Those, some of those little kids will lie, like all of them. And some will do wrong, like all of them. I'll take those little Christian school kids any day of the week. Those little kindergarten kids, they crack me up. Elementary, that was such a big deal. That, that, their cap and grant, they look so beautiful today. I'm telling you, friend, be a respect for the people of God. I hope I don't get old and become a crankcase. Old people become very kind are a pain. I know we're out of time. I find in chapter 8, let's go there, chapter 8, verse 21. I find that number 6, he was very spiritual. Look at verse 21, chapter 8. Then I proclaimed a fast. I, I, we're we're going to do it without food. We're going to just, we're going to pray. And he, and he did it. And he said to seek him a right way for us and for our little ones and for our substance. And verse 22, the hand of our God is upon them all for good that seek him. So verse 23, so we fasted. I, I, I want to challenge you. I don't, know, I don't know how we can make decisions without fasting. Maybe you're fasting, and, and I know 
some of you, your metabolism, you have to have some type of nourishment. I understand that. And I, I'm not really much for, I know college students need to learn to fast, but they, I don't really encourage it a lot. They're working a 40-hour-a-week job. They go to school full-time. They're in the ministry. They need nourishment. They're sleeping small schedules or short schedules. But, but here's a summer. You know, I don't know how all of us could not fast one meal a week. I could not pastor this church without fasting. I know that unless there's a medical reason, I think almost all of us could maybe do without lunch one time a week. To do what? Pray for our little ones. Our little ones. How, how, can, how can, I saw a little kid out here, he fell tonight with the, he was with his mom so she can sue her, or the dad. I made sure of that. They can sue one another. But he's got a little, I, I, he saw me, he came to him, little guy, I, I won't name, big old goose egg. Right out here, just a big old goose egg. I'm telling him now a lawyer's going to call, it's like, who's that kid? Um, but, but that little guy, I held him. Oh, I tell you what, these, those are little kids. They come up to me and see me here Sunday night after church, old little Lucy May here last Sunday night. And those little kids, that little Anna this morning was so proud of graduating, no teeth in her head. No, just so, those kids are beautiful. Can't we pray for these little ones? Don't you get moved when you see those B bus kids come up here? I'm hoping that soon we can figure out a way to get the C bus kids in here. On anniversary Sunday, I want whatever the superintendents believe they can bring in. I want every bus kid, every car kid, everybody we can Sunday morning, 10.30 service on July 14th and have them all in here. It'll be fine. These superintendents at the other property, they have taught these kids generationally. They know how to listen. You say, well, it's a different crowd every year. I know, but they've come into a program where they know how to listen. I've never had a problem with those bus kids up there, Brother Elvin. Not a problem at all. And they fill those sections up there. Can't we pray for the little ones? Can't, can't we pray for our kids? Can't we pray for the little ones over here at this Montague school, this public school? That God would protect those precious little children. Here on this property next door and in their homes and in their neighborhoods. I went by an area last night. My wife was with me, and I saw two guys on the curb getting arrested. Two men. And I thought, and I said, and we had prayer. Some fellows together last night and had prayer. I want all of them probably, both those guys probably have children and have a wife, and now they're going to jail tonight when they should have been coming home to eat dinner. I don't know what it was for. Can't we pray for these little kids? And, and then I know, here, here is, he led the, he was spiritual. He had been seven. He led the people to invest in God's work. Verse 24, and, and to the, verse 33, he talks about all the silver. and I have dollar signs by all those. I always have a green dollar sign when it has anything to do with money. And I see all that. And, and they said, let's put our money into the work. And then I close. In chapter 9 and 10, he's standing up for separation. Chapter 9, verse 1, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites 
have not separated themselves from the people of the lands. They're doing according to their abominations. And he lists the people they follow. Verse 2, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. And he said, you have not guarded your influences. You'll see posted this week a video that I made for our young people and for our college students and those around the globe that this summer, I promise you, I, I gave a whole list of how the devil's going to try to influence you wrong and the flesh and sometimes even relatives and friends and family and a girlfriend or a boyfriend or money or a job and you're going to get influenced to throw away the things of God. And these people were mangling and he deals with that, his prayer and his confession and he identified with them, we have sin. Forgive us our sin. Ezra didn't say, the people. He said, I, I, I'm white with my people. Our Father, I, I love these people so much. And I'm so thankful for them. This book of Ezra is such a powerful book. What a great man, Ezra. Just an incredible man. Devoted. Made that 7,000-mile journey with 50,000 people and had to lead them and not get discouraged in the midst of that desert. And then had to uh, follow, find the attacks of others and try to resist them. And, and then they had a people that began to mingle with the abominable abominations of the other lands. It, it was uphill all the way. And I'm so thankful that, that the law sustained him. God, your hand sustained him. And leadership sustained him. And a spiritual life sustained him. And the great victories that were won. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.